Hello and welcome to the Good Growth Podcast. Last month, Google Analytics shocked the digital world by announcing that from July 2023, Universal Analytics will cease to report and process data, and GA4, which initially launched as a beta analytics platform, will take its place. Upon the announcement, Google said to prepare for the future. So what does this mean and what does this future look like? There's no doubt this is a seismic change, uh, and many of you may have questions for what this means for you and your organisation. So with me to help break this all down and provide some clarity on what this means are two analytical experts from the Good Growth team. We have Chief Product Officer Mike Duke and Senior Analytical Researcher David Watkins. Welcome to you both. Hello. Um, so Google have dropped this bombshell in the last few weeks. So David, let me come to you first. Are they serious about this or, or will like many other changes this actually be perhaps a bit softer and potentially not as a hard deadline of July 2023? Yeah, so... Google Analytics 4 is the fourth generation of Google's analytics platform. And in terms of where Google are going with it, they have put in this hard deadline of July 2023. That is the date that they've basically said that Universal Analytics is going to cease to track. So in terms of where Google are going, the, the current generation of Universal Analytics will not be available from that date. So the migration to GA4 is a, is a must for anybody using the platform. And they're, they're serious about this, aren't they? This isn't going to be something that, oh, you know, we, we can do sort of later down the line. This is, this is coming, this is happening, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, from, from July 23, as we say, the tracking will stop. Um, from October 23, Universal Analytics is no longer going to be accessible. So it is a hard change to GA4 from that day. So what then is GA4? Um, and why have Google decided to move forward with GA4 then? So... GA4 is the, the next iteration of Google's analytics platform. Um, in terms of why they're changing to this is GA4 allows Google to have their analytics platform set up in a means that means that it can continue to be one of the best in class analytics tool in a world where data security and data privacy is at the forefront of people's conscience and thinking. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah, pretty um, big announcement that they've dropped in on uh, on organisations here. So, Mike, just to bring you in. So what is the impact here for organisations? Uh, how important is this going to be for them? Yeah, the impact, I would say, is, is seismic. It isn't a case of a, a small change in your analytics implementation or your tracking spec or um, updating some dashboards. The, the whole way organisations think about data and their reporting is going to be different from July of next year and really needs to start changing now in order to be in place and operational um, in 2023. GA4 is tricky because it, it presents two challenges and most, most organizations and teams are only focusing on one of them being the technical. So how do we complete the technical act of migrating into GA4? So retagging the website and uh, event tracking and building our dashboards and all of that. That isn't actually the problem. That's not the challenge that GA4 presents. The challenge presented by GA4 is the organization and the strategic. And how do you understand your performance and your effectiveness if your entire analytics implementation is going to be different with different metrics and different reporting? So they've said they announced they've, this switchover is happening July 2023. It's quite a while away. So when do businesses actually need to be thinking about this migration? Uh, ideally, two years ago, um, <laughs> when Google first launched GA4. I, I think the problem is two years ago, no one ourselves included i don't think people took it seriously 
there was no mandating around it. There was no real communication around you, you need to migrate into this new solution. So the industry's been kind of disinterested in GA4 in the last two years. Very few organizations are using it. Those that are, they aren't really embedding it into their day-to-day. It's, it's sort of being run alongside universal analytics and their broader analytics spec. So now, really. <laughs> so now, yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a wholesale migration to a new analytics platform. Yeah. Not, it's not a million miles away from saying, well, we're going to rip out Google Analytics and putting Adobe Analytics. That if you're, a, if you're a big, complex organization, particularly say in e-commerce, that's a lot of work to do to entirely change your analytics implementation. And you have about a year to do it in. Yeah, it's, it's not as long as it seems. And I suppose partly why we're devoting a podcast to this is because pretty much every organization, it seems, uses Google Analytics as their uh, reporting platform. Um, primarily, who within the organizations is, is this going to concern most? Or, or is it effectively everyone? The whole organization is going to be impacted. I think part of the problem is the people who are worrying about this or involved in this they're not the people who will ultimately have the issues. So uh, most organizations, you know, head of analytics, data officers, development and analytical teams, they're, they're managing the migration. Um, and by and large, I mean, they're going to migrate fine. You just remove one Google Analytics tag, you put another one on, you update your tracking spec. Um, the problem is that the, the, the decision makers, the people who actually use and respond to the data, it's that strata where the challenge will be. Um, so one, one of the examples is your conversion rate could suddenly increase. Um, so universal analytics, um, by default, reports your e-commerce conversion rate against sessions, so transactions against sessions. But in GA4, it reports against users. But a single user will have multiple sessions. So what happens is you have fewer reported users than sessions. Your conversion rate will therefore go up as a quirk of the mathematics. So if your conversion rate goes from 3% to 6%, how do you understand your performance? Because you lose your ability to look at it year on year. You lose your ability to understand what good looks like because everything reported prior to your migration of GA4 is now quote unquote incorrect. So how do you, how do you respond to the data when the data is going to be different? Um, and that, that's the challenge that GA4 poses. It's not a technical one. It's the organizational, the operational challenge of, I no longer understand my performance. So how can I respond to it? Yeah, I'm presuming this is going to obviously shift then how, how organizations report and use the data going forward. Is there going to be a sort of different sort of methodologies and practices used in, in how they report going forward, do you think? Uh, potentially. Um, I have a feeling that how organizations report will stay the same, but... David, just jump in. How well does GA4 integrate with Google Data Studio, for example? Yeah, so I mean, Google at the moment are, in terms of their integrations with the other Google tools, most of their integrations are still in beta. Um, So they have new exploration reports within Google Data Studio that are currently in a beta integration. Um, Similarly, even just down to Google Optimize, that is also in a beta migration and currently isn't reported within the GA4 tool itself. Um, obviously those things will change, but it's kind of not really ready with the rest of the Google suite at this moment. So there is a technical challenge to that of you have a year to migrate to a new analytics platform. Oh, by the way, it's not quite finished yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and obviously from a practical level, GA4 
reports in a different property than Universal. So property being essentially a reporting view. David, how does that impact things like dashboarding? Yeah, so in terms of the way that GA4 works, it means that you can't currently filter out particular parts of traffic for different views. So in Universal Analytics, they use views. You could have one, say, for a US site or one for a UK site. That's all now reported into the same property um, with you then having to manually split those apart to be able to report different levels of traffic. So it does mean that you're getting an amalgamated view of all of your data and losing the granularity of individual views. Some interesting complexities within the switchover sort of being drawn out. Um, and as you say, Mike, as well, they've set the deadline of uh, July 2023, but it's almost a deadline for them as well to get moving on, progressing some of their tools as well. So Google, as I said earlier, so Google really are sort of custodians of data, reporting analytics online. How do you both expect that this new era of data will shape how organizations respond to customer behavior? Uh, it's probably a big question here, but also will there sort of be a new lexicon when it comes to data analytics? We, we're so familiar with certain terms um, in data analytics. Will we see actually a, a slight shift in some of the language that we use? David, why don't you, what do you think is going to happen with the, the terminology used? Yeah, so obviously the terminology, because of the way and the scoping of which GA4 is used, means that GA4 is going to have to be reported at user scope. So the terms are going to refer to user, user engagement, user behavior, what happens at the user level, but also just metrics that have become ingrained into the industry, such as bounce rate. So bounce rate being whether or not a user actually engages with the page, do they actually engage with the site? That doesn't exist in GA4. There's no such thing as a bounce because of the way that GA4 measures the site. GA4 instead uses a metric called engagement rate, which is the rate at which a user engages, how long they're on the site. So they have to be on the site for a certain amount of time and done something to be an engaged session. So just changes like that means that the industry itself just has to learn new terms that just never existed before. And the terms that the industry have come to accept no longer mean what they were originally and in some cases don't exist i think bounce rates are a really interesting point as david says it's it's one of the most ingrained metrics in the industry it's right up there with something like conversion rates is bounce rate mm. and google analytics is something like 99 percent of digital organizations use google analytics um normally as their the sort of single version of the truth for their citing, site metrics. So what happens when the platform that essentially is, as you say, Dan, the custodian of the data stops using a metric that is as ingrained in the way of thinking as something like bounce rate. Um, now, bounce rate, for a variety of reasons, is actually not a very good metric. So Google aren't wrong to do that. But when the entire analytics suite, so I think like, full story, Hotjar, Content Square, Session Cam, uh, Adobe Analytics, Qualtrics, when they all they all use the same set of metrics, you know, impressions and clicks and traffic, et cetera. What happens when all of them are using a metric that Google says, nope, not interested anymore, we don't do that? How does that disrupt the balance? And again, at the organizational level, what happens if you use bounce rate to understand engagement and suddenly you can't use bounce rate? And you use engagement rate, okay, so it's a similar metric. Um, what if it suddenly goes from 30% to 5%? 
So you've suddenly become more engaging. Okay, yes, mm. quoting, you could argue fewer people are bouncing or more people are bouncing. You go from 30 to 50%. So what? What is that? How does that help? Because the metric is different. Your understanding is going to be different. And how do you respond to it? I've suddenly got better. I've suddenly got worse. Okay, brilliant. How much extra money have I made? Oh, none. Because nothing's actually changed. Your, your reporting around it is different, but you are, you are no more or less empowered to make decisions with it. And that's the problem. It, it, data on its own does not create decision-making. It's the analysis and the interpretation of the data that allows for decision-making. And you can't do that if you don't know what the data is. Um, and it is the same, it's the same core challenge with data-driven attribution modeling. Um, so universal analytics defaults to what's called last non-direct click. It creates a whole sort of slew of challenges regarding reporting, marketing channel, return on investment, um, particularly problematic things like social. Okay, Google Analytics 4 moves to data-driven attribution. That's not bad. It is a better way of doing it. But how do you understand the return on investment of your marketing channels? Or how do you make decisions based on that when suddenly the return on investment of your paid search increases? from say 1,000% to 2,000%, for example? And how do you make decisions when the return investment of your affiliate marketing goes from 5,000% to 750%? Because the data, the black box that is data-driven attribution has, has decided that this is more valuable or that is less valuable. So do you bin all of your analytics for years? Is that wrong? What do you do with that? What do you do when your ROAS number suddenly changes, literally overnight? Yeah, for sure. Data teams are going to have to be very sort of careful with how they manage this transition and use the reporting sort of pre and post GA4. Certainly sort of different eras there uh, and that's starting to emerge now. Um, a lot there, and this might initially, I think, seem sort of a bit mind-blowing to people, you know, what the heck is all this about? Um, and the temptation might be to sort of ignore this and hope that it goes away. The reality is, is that it isn't. So, Mike, what role can good growth do to help or play to help businesses get ready for this switchover and, and manage the migration? Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to use the same phrase you mentioned earlier, Dan. So if Google are the custodians of the data, the challenge is who is the custodian of the customer? Because that's what you're trying to understand. You're trying to understand the customer, why they buy, why they fail to buy, so on and so forth. Our approach to GA4 is not to worry about the technical element to the same degree as, as I think many organizations are. Managing the migration is fairly straightforward. Uh, data and development teams, they're very good at what they do. They can, they can migrate you. Where the challenge is, is ensuring that when you shift your reporting from universal to GA4, you still have the same level of understanding of your performance effectiveness and the customer failure. And that needs to start now. Just, just migrating is not going to add any value or take any value away. You just stay where you are. GA4 presents an opportunity to know and learn more and to learn faster. There are, there's a whole raft of reasons why GA4 is better than Universal, which we won't have time to go into now. Um, but it starts with establish that understanding of the customer now. Establish your performance. So what is our conversion rate? 5%. Okay, what exactly do you mean when you say 5%? Um, build that foundation of performance reporting, performance, that data, that insight, that, that version of the truth. Build on top of that your measurement plan. So what is it we need to measure? Most organizations don't measure what they need to. They just measure what they can. It's not the same thing. Um, and use that to inform your, your migration and your implementation of GA4. So let's actually make sure we can track the right things. 
Um, let's not just let's not just stick it on and hope it works. Um, once you have that, so we understand performance, we understand the customer, we have this foundation of insight, we have a measurement specification that responds to the needs of the organization, we have migrated into GA4. And, and that will probably take somewhere between three and six months for organizations that can work at pace. You then have another sort of six months before July of next year to complete a, a very rigorous comparison between Universal and GA4. So what has happened to traffic volumes, conversion rates, return on investments? Where are the differences and where are the similarities? And that it's the organizational migration that's important. So moving from one state of affairs in terms of your understanding into another, and, and once that's completed, you can start migrating everything across into GA4 with that understanding of what's changed and why. And what worries me is that's not the conversations that are currently being having. having they are not, they're not taking place at the moment. Organizations are focused on, do we just need to migrate? We just need to reinstall GA4. It's, it's almost anathema to the point of GA4, which is to have better data. That approach will result in organizations having worse data. And it's going to create a lot of a lot of headaches, hence why our article is about it. It's going to create a lot of headaches in sort of July, August, September of next year when organizations have migrated and then suddenly find, oh, I can't actually understand how well my site's performing anymore. Because for some reason now I have a conversion rate of 12%, but I'm not making any more money. Yeah. I've, well, firstly, thank you both for shining a light on this for us today. Um, as I say, clearly some of this isn't something that should be ignored or dismissed. It, it, it is going to affect organizations. It will affect you and your teams. You might have more questions. Um, if you do, please feel free to get in contact with us. You can email us inquiries at goodgrowth.co.uk. You can also check out our white paper on the website, uh, goodgrowth.co.uk as well. We'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you as to what Good Growth can do to help you through this transition as well. But Mike, David, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you.